Hey guys, good to see you this morning. It is the day after Thanksgiving. In fact, it's almost 8 o'clock on Friday, November the 27th. And man, I'm telling you, I hope you had a good day yesterday. Uh, we had a great day. Got to go to Baton Rouge, visit with some family. And uh, it's a great time, great day. Got to have our children with us. And man, don't get to do that much anymore. So that was good. Listen, if you would take your copy of God's Word and turn with me 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning verse 8. Uh, Peter has been dealing with some personal things. Uh, when I say that, not personal problems, issue, but issues that, that we need to deal with personally. You've been encouraging us, been instructing us, uh, been giving us, you know, the Word of God. Uh, they're trying to get us to understand the things that we should do to live the right life. Uh, he's trying to end that discussion up. He has a lot more to say. He's not ending his book. In fact, I think, well, this is First Peter 3, beginning verse 8, and we're going to read through verse 12. If I didn't say, let me say now. 1 Peter 3, 8-12, through 12, as we read, Peter's not finishing his book. In fact, he goes on uh, for about two more chapters. But he is finishing this kind of section on this very personal stuff. Um, it has to do with, you know, getting things right in life. And uh, we'd have to go back and read everything he said. But really, just let me say this just so we can move forward. Uh, he is trying to collect his thoughts, bring it, to, bring it to a conclusion so he can move on to another thought. Now those thoughts link, link together, tie together, and, and, and at least in his mind, uh, I've found that sometimes when we read the, God's Word, uh, God takes our mind some other place, where the, and we go, well, you know, that's not where I'd go. Or, I wonder why I did that and not this, or whatever. Well, because it was God's will for him to do that and not this. <laughs> that's the best way to say that. But in Peter's mind, he's moving on uh, to his next thought. But he wants to conclude, and so he writes, Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing for he who would love life and see good days. Let him refrain from his tongue from evil, or let him refrain his tongue from evil, excuse me, and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. I let him seek peace and pursue it. I feel the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his eyes are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So this is a an encouragement for daily life, daily living, uh, daily attitude. Uh, we could go on with you know little short uh, things that it is, adjectives to describe it, whatever. But the truth is, Peter is trying to get us to get our daily life together in a way that honors God and um, helps you know instruct men and men people uh, in the ways of God and it helps it helps the, the, the elect to those who are saved I don't get you know carried away by that word uh, but those who have come to Christ it helps them understand their responsibility to live every day as a, as a light in the darkened world and it helps lost people see oh there is a difference in those who are who are born again and so when we look at what Peter has to say here we uh, we, we move forward and, and we just try to you think it always be of one mind, have compassion, love, be tenderhearted, don't return evil for evil, uh, you know, send a blessing. Remember you were called to this, turn away from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. So Peter has so much to say that, well, I know that we can't discuss this whole verse in, in one, one podcast. So what I want to do is I just want to kind of bring it all together. He uses the word finally, kind of uh, sewing things together, bringing it together, bringing it in, uh, putting it in in the basket, so to speak, so you can kind of see it. Some years ago, uh, when Chrissy was small, we had this net deal, and you hung it from, you know, in the corner of the room, and it, 
and then you could put things in it and it'd bring it all together. And so instead of having a you know clutter in your room, you'd have this hanging net basket, which would contain the things that uh, were once were on the floor and, and once were you know, maybe being overlooked, being stepped upon. Uh, but when that basket, when it was taken care of, when it was full, uh, it was a little impressive. You'd go in there, uh, there'd be balls, there'd be other things that kids play with. I, I just say that. Uh, and you go, oh, okay, well, there's a toy. You say, well, it wasn't a toy box. So the toy box idea is to put it up. It was a reminder. We get this out. We, we display it. We use it. We do whatever with it. But then we make sure it's back in its proper place. And that's what Peter is trying to do is put things in its proper place. And so finally, and I just want to take this idea of bringing it together, kind of putting it in its proper place. Uh, that means figure it out, okay? That means you have to figure out day to day, moment to moment, a situation to situation, uh, person to person. You have to figure it out. How, how What to do, how to treat you. Some people abuse you, misuse you, uh, criticize you, complain about you, cuss at you, whatever. Figure it out. That's where, you know, be of one mind, have compassion, love his brothers, be tenderhearted. I don't return evil for evil. Contrary, give a blessing. Remember, you're called to this. All those things. Uh, I don't know about you, but I found that not everybody's going to be nice. Not everybody's going to be good. Not everybody's going to be honest. Not everybody's going to be faithful. You know, on and on and on it goes. But we cannot allow their incorrect actions to affect our correct actions. And so we have to bring it together. Figure it out. Understand that living day to day, moment to moment, situation to situation, relationship to relationship, it's much more important that we let the light of Christ shine than it is we get even or get ahead or whatever, you know, whatever your motto or moniker is. Just let us shine our light uh, toward men. Expect our actions. Or respect your own actions. Uh, it's so easy to see what other people are doing wrong and overlook what we're doing wrong. Gossips do this all the time. And yes, there are gossips in the world. I don't know if it's as bad or it takes place really the way it used to, but it takes place. I guess the biggest gossip thing now is, you know, maybe Facebook <laughs> or other or other social media things. I don't know. Uh, but the truth is we need to inspect our actions, make sure that we're above board, make sure we're right. Oh, by the way, doesn't mean you won't be criticized. Doesn't mean you won't be lied about and all these other things. But you need to make sure that you inspect your actions, that you take care of your, you know, you sweep in front of your doorstep, as the old saying goes. You know, name you need. That means come to, you know, one of the things that Peter's trying to encourage us to is just say, Lord, this is what I need. I need the, I need the ability to let go. I need the ability to let go of this. I need the ability to hold on to you. I need the ability to put this out of my mind. I need the ability not to let this sink into my heart. I need the ability not to let this affect my relationship. And I could go on and on and on again. See, like I'm saying a lot this morning, I don't mean to be redundant. But the truth is, it is daily practice, daily walk, daily understanding. Uh, practice walk understanding every day and finally bringing it together and being what we should be in the world. Part of the problem with the church today is no one knows the church what the church really is. You got this person and that person speaking for the church and they're way off base. And, and, and usually this is the sad thing. Uh, the leaders, quote unquote, that the world is going to recognize, quote unquote, as leaders in the church, quote unquote, I know, said that a lot there, but I want you to get the idea. They're not real. They're not genuine. They're not of God. Okay, they're not putting these positions by God. But generally, typically, the leaders that the world is going to recognize are those who agree with the world or those who are so outlandish in what they say and think. You know, they're, I just, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You get people who just, uh, oh, they appointed this one because, you know, they hate this group. They hate that group. Uh, listen, 
the body of Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, should not be known by its hate. There are things that we stand against, things we must stand against, things that we preach against, things we cannot compromise. But that doesn't mean we're hateful, and it, and it shouldn't bring, it shouldn't bring um, hateful actions. Anyway, figure it out. Uh, inspect your own actions. Name your need. Lord, I need help. As I said, we need, you know, Lord, I need this, I need that. Bring it to God, okay? Bring it all to God. Accept your responsibility. So easy to say, well, this was not doing what they're supposed to do, or that was not doing what they're supposed to do. Lord, help them. Lord, convict them. Lord, do something with them. Well, the truth is we need to accept our responsibility. Do things that we're supposed to do, things we should do, things we've been told to do. All of us today have a responsibility. And that responsibility changes. I was a pastor for 28 years. Uh, I was an associate pastor for eight. I am now an interim pastor. Three things in the ministry. They all have different responsibilities. As an associate pastor, and that's not a title here much as anymore. We, we call them youth pastors and other things. But as an associate pastor, I did a little everything. But my main responsibility is given to me by those who who I met with, who, who more or less drew up my job description, if you will. My responsibility was to support and do what the pastor instructed me to do. Now, obviously, if he ever instructed me to do anything against Scripture, uh, that was a you know understanding I would do that. But other than that, I was to do what the pastor assigned, whether I wanted to do it, like to do it or not. Uh, one time, as an associate pastor, uh, the church made a decision financially about what to do with the budget. Uh, an item that they wanted to do something with the budget. Well, our pastor, we had a staff meeting, and our pastor said, "This is, you know." This is what the church wants to do. This is what we're going to do. And it wasn't unscriptural anything. It, it did make a change in our church. Well, there were two of us on staff. Now, as a staff member, I never voted. I never voted. Uh, I never voted as a pastor. I never voted as associate pastor. <laughs> I really don't vote as an interim pastor. Now, I was a member of both of the other churches, not a member of South Macomb, because I don't want to send the wrong idea to them. I love them very much. I appreciate them. But I know the time is going to come where they get a... They get a pastor that's going to lead them, and, and, and I know they, they want that, and they're, they're ready for that. And if this pandemic ever gets out of the way, uh, maybe they can, you know, make some more progress on that. But until then, <laughs> all things work together for good. For those who love God, call it to his purpose. Till then, I'm blessed to be there, so that's a good thing for me and Kathy. But anyway, so what happened was uh, the church voted on this thing they changed in the budget, added the budget. Well, I didn't vote. Well, that there was some discussion and some some people who felt uh, who were against the change. Like I said, it wasn't anything scriptural. And be honest with you, right now, I can't even tell you what it was. So, uh, but we had the other staff member who I didn't know ever voted stood up in opposition with others. Now that didn't go well, and it didn't end well. He did leave after a little while. Realized he, I, I well, I don't put words in his mouth. But it was clear to the church family he had stood in opposition to what the pastor's way was. Well, the thing was, our pastor uh, always let us come in his office. If we needed to shut the door, we wouldn't. And we shared our heart, what we thought. But the idea was, in the end, while well, he would listen, that when we walked out, we all agreed uh, on whatever is done. Well, that was our responsibility. The other guy on staff that year didn't accept it. And it caused a lot of trouble in the church a lot of dissension, and to his credit, he's a great guy, I love him to death, I hadn't seen him in a while, and to his credit, 
I think he decided, okay, I need to leave. I messed up. And there's no way to take care of that because people will always use that. And so he did. I uh, left where we were and, and went to know. And he's had a great ministry, great guy, like a great family. But it was something that he didn't accept responsibility on for whatever reason. I, I Like I said, it I wasn't a big deal because I can't even remember what it was. But it was an example of not accepting responsibility. A few years later, uh, something came up and somebody came to see me. And they wanted to know how I felt about something. And I knew what they were doing. They were trying to cause trouble. And I told them basically this. Listen, it doesn't matter how I feel. I can go in and tell my pastor what I think. But unless he goes against scripture, my responsibility is to agree with our leader. And that ended that. You know, we had several more good years there and had a great ministry. But there are times where we just have to say, okay, my responsibility is, and then we do it. And as a staff member, and I, I'll always say this, I think everybody, and I know many of you today aren't staff members, but as a staff member, I think one of the things you have to do, you must do, you have to learn, you must learn, is that your responsibility is to support the pastor and not to bring division and not to bring separation. Now you say, Brother Danny, okay, you were in a situation, I've been a staff member, and I know a lot of you listen, have been or know, and I've been a staff member, and my pastor didn't let me offer this. Either. Well, if your pastor doesn't do that, then you need to do the honorable thing, the right thing, and find a place to go, to move on. He is the pastor. God called him there. You say, man, why should I give up my ministry? Because he's the pastor. Um, the one thing I learned as a staff member is no matter what, pastor's the pastor. A lot of times today's world, part of the problem in church is we got staff members who want to become the pastor. Now, I had a great, great ministry with great people in Spring Creek Baptist Church did a great job, but one of the things we had a we had a youth pastor. I've talked about him along a lot from time to time. Great friend of mine. He never once, while I was there, seemed to be want to be and act like the pastor. A lot of times when people would ask him things, they didn't know. But the first thing he'd do when they left, pick up the phone and call me and ask me, "Well, what do we do? And how do you think we should approach?" And I'd I'd listen to him, and often I'd say, "Well, let's do it that way." But many times I would have to give him. Well, now let's do this, or let's do that, or let's or whatever it would be. But he never once, if I, you know, if I said something, he never once went against that. He has, he is there today, still has a great ministry, and has a great love for that church, and we have a great love for one another. Well, he understood that the pastor is the pastor. He's not always right, but he's always the pastor, or at least till he retires after twenty-eight years. <laughs> so anyway, that's accepting our responsibility. I'll always be grateful for that kind of support and that 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 response that uh, that kind of individual on staff who says, you know what, God has called me. One of the things God has called me to is support my pastor, and He does that. Now, this go beyond this go beyond staff member for a second. If you're in a church and you know you're a leader, quote unquote, a leader in the church, your responsibility too is to work within and support that. Oh, brother Danny, I just no, no, no. Let me tell you something. God does not call the pastor and call leaders to fight against one another. And he only has one pastor. And look it up, okay? He only has one senior pastor, if you use that title. He has a head guy in the church. Sometimes staff members get the, oh, I'm the head guy over this. No, no, no. The pastor's the head guy, okay? He is. He is the responsibility. Now, there's a, responsi there's a different feel of things when you're... Uh, I don't know, simply the interim pastor, I guess. Uh, then you have to acquiesce and 
you know, in my career position at, at South Oklahoma Baptist Church, listen, I try very hard not to, unless it's necessary or it's really needed, to go against what church has done. I'm not trying to change everything they've ever done. And what I'm trying to do is help heal and, and move forward. And and so just like, you know, if they, I try to find out what they have done in the past. For example, uh, they didn't have service the night before Thanksgiving. Well, so we didn't have service the night before Thanksgiving. Now, my perfect, my personal preference would have been to have service. Whether it had been Wednesday night or Tuesday night, that had been my personal preference. That's what we've always done at Spring Creek. In fact, we would, on Tuesday nights, we'd have a big supper, a big Thanksgiving meal. Great time, great church, family time. I know the, the, the year of the pandemic is a little different. But their tradition in South Macomb has been uh, not to have something, you know, that week, as far as I could find out, and especially on Wednesday night. So we didn't. Well, when the when they get a real pastor, you know, a, a permanent pastor, quote unquote, as permanent as they can get, I guess, he may decide to change it, but that'd be his responsibility. My responsibility is not to bring a bunch of change. He has to, you know, he has to either smooth out, change again or whatever, but try to make that transition. So accept our responsibility, where we are, who we are, the position we're in. Sunday school teacher, deacon, church leader, church member, staff member, pastor, accept our responsibility. Look for ways to build unity. Now, finally, bringing all these things together, all these personal things, one of the things we have to do is just look for ways to build unity. And as a staff member, as a whatever, whatever the term you want to use, church leader, one of the most important things we do is build unity in the church. Well, the way we do that is love God, love people. Okay. That's the next thing. That's what we have to have to love God, love people. Brother Danny, you say that all the time. Like, that's the answer to everything. No, it's not the answer to everything, but it's the answer to a lot of things. Uh, our love for God, love for people. Uh, some people say, oh, I love people. Well, great, but you got the wrong order. You love God first because he first loved us, okay? So we love God, and, and then through his power, his grace, his mercy, we learn to love people. You say, why, why is that important? Well, so the truth is, not everybody's lovable. <laughs> not everybody. Oh, sometimes you have to work at it. And if you have to work at it and you don't have God in the right position, you're going to fail. Love God, love people. And then yearn for unity. Finally, wouldn't it be great? If you visited a church and when you walked in, you just felt unity. Now, a lot of churches in this pandemic... Well, their unity has been tested. At South Macomb, um, we we faced several things during the during this pandemic. Early on, we had to we had to find a way to conduct some business and make some decisions that were, and we couldn't have you know <clears throat> big meetings and all this other stuff. And they develop they developed an emphasis on they because once again, I am their interim pastor. I can <clears throat> I help. I like to think, and they may tell you I didn't, but I like to think I helped provide guidance and, and uh, you know, maybe, you know, gave them uh, some useful information. But they devised, the, the, the leaders of the church, for example, we had to conduct business. So let's just say it this way. There was no mechanism in place to conduct business during the pandemic, and I don't know any church that had one, okay? Uh, and that's something I said all along. Churches will have to correct uh, once the pandemic is over, and the pandemic's not quite over, so I don't know how many churches have gotten to correct it, but they found a way to correct things and to conduct business, and they did it, and they did it honorably, and they did it where everybody, they made every 
possible attempt to contact everybody they could. They made it available as, as, as available as it could be made. You say, well, why didn't you just make Facebook, live Facebook uh, videos? Well, because you, that's, not, that's not the purpose of Facebook videos. If you're not a member of the church, you don't, want, you don't necessarily need to see the church conduct its business. Now, hopefully you can see it conducted in, in honor and grace and humility of Christ. And, and for South Macomb, did that and does that for everything I've seen. But <clears throat> the day-to-day business of the church, that's, if you're not a part of the church, <clears throat> that's not something you, you, you need to see or really want to see or, or are enlightened by. What you will see is the end result. Uh, I heard a story years ago about W.A. Criswell and uh, the church in Dallas. And these people talked about um, visiting there. Now, I can't remember all the particulars, but on the, on the Sunday they visited was an emphasis on the budget, and they voted on the budget. And this sermon was a stewardship sermon, a giving sermon, a sermon on giving. And, uh, and they talked about being in there and hearing that. And said, you know, it was a real worshipful experience. But then when the invitation was given, a number of folks walked the aisle, joined the church, accepted Christ. And, and the people who wrote the story about that made it very clear that they understood that while they had to, well, First Baptist Dallas had to vote on a budget and they had to conduct their business, their real business was winning souls and growing the kingdom of God, and that's what they did. And they were unified in that. Well, let's just think about it. Let's hear it again. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain uh, his tongue from an evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord on the righteous and his ears are upon <laughs> are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. First Peter 3, 8 through 12. I laughed. I think, man, I'm reading as slow as I can, and I still get, <laughs> I still get my tongue in gear, and I still ah, say words before I'm ready. Make it crazy. Anyway, finally, let's get it all together. Let's bring it. So let's figure it out. Let's inspect our own actions. Let's name our need to God. Let's look for ways to build the unity of the church. Let's love God and love people. And let's, let's yearn for unity. And I know what you think. You did mention that twice. Well, looking for ways to build it and yearning for it are two different things. Every day we should seek. We should, we should yearn to be closer to one another and closer to him. Well, God bless you. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We did. I, and for those who are celebrating today, because some families have to do it that way or choose to do it that way, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you have a great celebration. This is officially the Christmas season. Now, true confession will go. I told Kathy yesterday, gosh, with the year and all that's going on, it really, quote unquote, doesn't feel like Thanksgiving. Now, I don't know exactly what you mean by that. I've heard that. I said that. But it just wasn't. It wasn't that I wasn't thankful. I wasn't glad to be with family and meal. Oh, my gosh, what a great meal. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, I think that's, what is that called? Where you uh, eat too much. I had that <laughs> and enjoyed it way too much. I had that as well. And my sister-in-law baked a pecan pie. Well, uh, there was some great food there. And Kathy always does great. But my sister always, sister-in-law always does great. And she does broccoli casserole. And you know how, I, most of you know I don't eat that because I don't eat broccoli. But my family, oh my gosh, they love that. 
Well, she does great dressing. By the way, I'm very blessed. I know several people who make great dressing. And so I even have a pan already in the freezer someone sent me for Christmas. We ate some, they put some away. Looking forward to that already. If you don't like dressing, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> but anyway, I hope you have a good meal. We had a great meal, a great time, great fellowship. Uh, I wish everybody could meet my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law is somebody who I admire. He can do just about anything. That man, I mean, play music, write songs, fix just about anything. Um, I wish he just, you know, I just love to talk to him, spend time with him. don't get to do that a lot. And my sister-in-law is one of the most special people in the world. And, um, of course, she is Kathy's favorite sister. <laughs> uh, she is wonderful. But anyway, we were thankful for family, and we're thankful for you. I hope you've had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you move into Christmas and you do things and make it feel, yes, make it feel like Christmas. Listen, we broadcast these or record these podcasts on Anchor. They are found in a multitude of places, including uh, Apple, uh, Spotify, and of course, Anchor and a lot of other places. If you start listening to one of those places, let us know. We'll advertise it. Uh, dspreacherman at gmail.com all lowercase dspreacherman at gmail.com all lowercase that's how you send us a letter look send us an email let us know about your Thanksgiving dinner your Thanksgiving practice how it was uh, what you're planning for Christmas or whatever whatever your church did that blessed you uh, just let us know all that we'd love to hear from you you look us up on the Facebook as my friend says um DK Ministries, send us your prayer request. Yes, and I have, I am on parlor at uh, DS Preacher Man, the D is capital. I can't quite make my mind up about parlor. I know that Facebook continues to do some crazy things. They continue to censor people, and really their, their reason for censorship is because they disagree with their political belief. And that's not what that site I didn't think was supposed to be about. So I don't know. Right now, my plans are to be there, not because I like Facebook, because it's the way I can t touch more people. We post these podcasts of my story on Facebook, and, and that increases the people that listen. Uh, you know, So we want to touch as many people as we can. And so right now, we're there. They continue and start to censor this. Well, I'll probably end that. But anyway, those are the way to get hold of us. Those are the things we're doing. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you have a great day. And we are way over time. Oh, well. God bless you. We love you. Pray for you. Don't forget, dspreacherbandgmail.com, all or a case, DK Ministries. This is DK Ministries proclaiming, proclaiming the word podcast. And in case you're new, and I hope that you are, if this is your first time, welcome. We're glad that you're here. I am Danny Smith. I'm your Bible teacher for DK Ministries. We have an executive staff. Her name is Kathy Smith. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because I love her so much, I love to mention it. All right, God bless you. We'll see you later.